Chapter 24. Seize the Time. Grace was swinging in that big swing at the governor's mansion, as cool and calm as a glass of milk. She looked like a large child out of a picture book. After the funeral, Willie and I had headed downtown to look for a bus. And there she was, swinging back and forth with a smile on her face, bigger than Dallas. I sat down on the grass beside her and so did Willie. Grace laughed at us like we were three children. I just looked up at the sky. It was getting dark and looked like a storm was coming. Everything was gray, almost black. There were no people out and the streets were all empty. I didn't even see any police. I said to nobody, what's going to happen to us? Grace just kept on laughing. We're swinging. I heard cars and looked up to see a military caravan driving down Capitol Street. Willie said, is that the army? Uniformed young men holding guns were piled into open trucks and jeeps. They looked like the boys we processed at the draft board. One of them saw us and hollered something at us, but I couldn't make out what he was saying. I told Willie I thought it was the National Guard, but I couldn't be sure. Another one stood up and straddled his legs wide to maintain his balance. He let out a whistle with his forefinger and thumb placed inside his mouth. He was really good at it too, and loud. I'd only heard one whistle that topped it, and it had been at the March of Dimes Telethon in Beaumont. Babe had taken me out to the fairgrounds to see Ellie Mae from the Beverly Hillbillies. She was outside signing autographs in her tight jeans and rope belt like she wore on the show. There was a long, long line of cars waiting to meet her and get an autograph. She was truly friendly and said hi to anybody and everybody. She had all that blonde hair and would stick her whole head right up inside the car with you. Babe was getting cranky that afternoon. It was Labor Day, always the hottest and most humid day of the year. I felt bad for her, but I really wanted to meet Ellie Mae. Even though the car AC was cranked and it wasn't all that hot with the windows rolled up, Babe was perspiring. She kept her bedroom air conditioner on full blast year round, even in the winter. She also kept her door locked with a deadbolt and a chain, but I never found out the reason behind it. When we finally got up next to Ellie Mae, she put her face right inside the window and said hey to me in a big southern drawl. She was beautiful and had pink frosted lips and a smile as big as the whole world. I had never been up next to a real movie star before and could certainly see why she was one. She reminded me of Grace in a way. I was too shy to say anything, but somebody from behind us hollered out, hey Ellie Mae, whistle. With that, Ellie put her finger and thumb inside her lips and let out a colossal wolf whistle right in Babe's ear. Babe stepped on the gas pedal as she would do to express her mood and gunned her white Oldsmobile out of there, throwing crushed gravel on the spectators in its wake. The soldiers riding by started yelling out stuff at us. You gals be careful out there. How's it going? Hey, good looking, what you got cooking? I couldn't tell if they were hollering at me or Grace, but I waved at them anyway. They were serving the country and I'd been taught to respect that. One tall country looking boy yelled, you gals sure are pretty. 
He was redheaded and had buck teeth and wore a look on his face like he was trying to fit in. Another guy punched him in the arm as they drove by. Grace seemed like she couldn't care less. Just kept on swinging like we were at a party. We sat there for a long time after they'd gone. This mansion was a beautiful place, Italian or Greek or whatever it was. Then I noticed something weird. All the stores were closed and nailed shut. I was used to that being from hurricane country. Boards didn't make a lot of difference back when Carla tore up the whole Gulf Coast. It took a long time to recover and they had to completely rebuild Galveston from the bottom up. But there was no hurricane coming to Jackson, at least not the weather kind. There had been word that the Black Panthers were headed to town to take care of business with the whites. Word of that must have moved through the business community and caused all the downtown Capitol Street stores to shut their doors and darken the windows on a Friday. It was easy to spot the little Subaru. Not only was it the only turquoise car on the road, but it was the only car parked on the street. As I drove us home, I looked in the windows of those stores. I looked at the clothes that made you feel pretty for a minute. It was a strange ending for an even stranger day. A new dress won't change how you feel inside. It was dark when we got home. I'd taken to looking ahead so I could get into the house without rousing any of the Duprees. I'd learned to prowl ahead like an Indian scouts did on TV. The bad time I'd expected would come was here, and it was right outside our front door. The clock was ticking for us. I knew we weren't long for Jackson. I wasn't afraid like I'd been before. I didn't know what was ahead for us, for me, for Willie, and for Grace. What I did know was I could handle it. The events that had taken place over the past few months had grown me up. I'd seen what happens when somebody's life is taken. One minute they're walking down the street and the next minute they're bleeding on a sidewalk. And I had my book. No matter what else had happened, I had kept on writing. That had helped me stay strong. It had something to do with putting a pen to paper. I can't really explain it so much, but when I'd write down the words, I'd feel justified. In a lot of ways, I was like Emma. She had become a friend to me. Emma aimed the six-shooter right between the bad man's eyes. She had stopped shaking, and she didn't even need both hands to hold the gun steady anymore. Her fear had vanished on the trail along with her girlhood. There in front of her, perhaps 50 yards or so, rode the man who had murdered her ma and pa and killed her beloved renegade. He was as ugly as he was evil, and when she knew she had him in her sights, Emma pulled the trigger. For only a split second, he looked right at her before he fell dead to the ground. It was short, but he knew who had killed him, and it was the last thing he ever knew. She let the gun fall down to her side. She couldn't even feel the hot metal in her hand. It was over. That man was gone for good and she'd done it. Just as sure as the blood that poured out of him onto the ground, she knew he was gone to a bad place. A real bad place. I knew our time in Jackson was nearing an end. We had to get out. 
I didn't know how I was going to get us home or even what would happen once we got back to Beaumont. What I did know is I was no longer afraid. Nobody was going to push me around again. Not ever again. I had seen the other side, the dark side of how some people could be. I wasn't going to let the bad part of life consume me. I had a control over how I could handle things and that fired me up. I knew one thing, and that was my name is Jody Luther, and I was getting out in one piece.